When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. listening to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Welcome to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. This is episode number 68. Uh, and I'm really excited about our 2024 episodes. Uh, we just recorded one with uh, Jessica Billings-White from Boston. And today I have a very special Extra special guest, uh, not necessarily orchestra teacher, but a teacher and um, one who has done some awesome, awesome work in our profession so for so many years. And I wanted to welcome uh, Miss Martha Mook to our podcast. Martha, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. It's really great to, to have a to sit and talk with you. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I've been a fan for a, a long time, seeing you at Asta and things, and we've talked a few times here and there, um, but uh, really want to learn from you today uh, and share all the awesome things uh, that you're doing um, with uh, Electric Styles, your um, university program, your outreach, uh, your performances. So um, just tell us a little bit about, about you and your background and um what, what you've been doing for um, the last several decades in our profession. Yeah. Well, um, the first thing I would say is that I'm, I'm, I'm a proud product of the New York City public school systems. Wow. And <laughs> cool. uh, starting in, in Staten Island, and that's, re- that's where I started to play the viola, and I started on the viola. Um, so I definitely would not be where I am without having those programs in the New York City public mm-hmm. school. So I'm a big um, supporter and proponent of public schools. Public schools, but same here. I mean, I, yeah. I wouldn't be where I am today without public school program. And I'm very fortunate to have that opportunity to learn strings uh, starting in fourth grade. And I was the only one in our county that had strings and I was from Northeast Ohio. And um, it was really nice. So I, I totally am right with you on that. Yeah, and that's why it's an, it's important for um, what I'm doing now to to, to be able to um, help the, those programs grow. Mm-hmm. So um, let's see, I have a, um, a master's degree in viola performance, mm-hmm. and that was always going nice and, and innocently and acoustically <laughs> and classically. Um, <laughs> what, ha- what happened? <laughs> well, a friend of mine gave me an album of Jean-Luc Ponty. Mm, um, yes. Actually, when uh, towards the end of my high school career, and uh, I would say that's the, you know, we, we didn't have emojis back then, but if we, <laughs> um, after listening to it was a taste for passion, and he's playing this beautiful blue, five string Barkisberry violin, mm-hmm. and uh, my mind just went. <laughs> Wow! And yeah, that was definitely the the turning point. I can say that I um, I'm like, I 
I discovered something I never knew violins strings could sound like that, that they could plug in, that they could improvise, they could play all these styles, they, yeah. they could get electronics. Um, it really was um, a revelation. Yeah. And, um, and I think within the next week or two, um, I had my parents drive me into Manhattan when there were still all those music stores on 48th Street. And we went to Manny's and I bought that Barkus Berry, that same blue Barkus Berry. Uh, <laughs> I still have it. You do? Awesome. Yeah. That's um, so cool. And so that just that just set 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 you set you into a new dimension. Totally. Um, and I mean, this was back in the you know, uh, <laughs> turn of the I, I, I have a beep button I can I can uh, pull up if you want to <laughs> if you want to say the beep it out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Saying, it was it was uh, before 1990. Uh -huh. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was two years old, and um, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we, you know, there weren't all these cool um, digital effects processors and things. You know, um, you had to um, you had to buy all these big, line up the pedals, right? The, the pedals, and actually, I still I don't know if you can. Sure, I can see. see so I can see your rack. Yeah, the rack original, system. Yeah, the the rack of equipment there for sure. Yeah, my original uh, jam man, my original looper that. You oh, could, that's the original. Like wow. Yeah, you could do like eight seconds, but you could buy the you know expansion to thirty-two seconds. This is quadriverb. I mean, I I wrote a lot of my first material on these, on this using this gear. That's cool. And then I had to learn how to play it on other gear because you know gear just keeps evolving. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's it, it's getting it's getting easier to use and cheaper. So. Um, I'm looking at getting a looper and um, just exploring the, the different ones. And I've gotten some recommendations from from Chris Howes and a couple of the people who have used them, you know. And yeah. uh, I have to take the plunge and just get one. So maybe you could tell us uh, as a beginner's guide to what to look for. And, you know, obviously um, people will go in and uh, with a certain budget and that kind of thing. Yeah. So that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because, you know, back then there were no school programs that you know that could teach you how how to play i mean maybe there was there was a you know some schools had jazz programs but almost no string players right yeah um and certainly not working with electronics and and you know and live instruments and um so i really started to do to explore the realm of electric instruments and um um and repertoire there was no repertoire so i had to start creating the repertoire yeah for it and it was all a, a big process of experimenting um also finding i didn't learn jazz i i wasn't taught you know improvisation right in the in the jazz sense yeah um and and throughout my career um after i, I got my master's degree um at umass amherst um, and, uh, I had gotten my bachelor's at, uh, SUNY Albany, well, university at Albany. Okay. And, um, so also public, I didn't go to conservatories. Either. Yeah. Yeah. I went to, I went to public Publix. universities yep. and, uh, because I also was working, um, and running, uh, as a, as a stage manager, as a house manager, learning all the different aspects of what it takes to put a production together. Mm -hmm. And um, and it really served me well because over the course of my career, I've also been on a lot of tours 
the first tour I ever did was the music of Andrew Lloyd Webber with Sarah. Oh, Cerebral. cool. And, um, and then I, I toured with Barbara Streisand for a couple of years. Wow. I bet, I bet you have some fun stories. I have amazing. It was <laughs> an amazing experience. Um, I, and I toured with Star Wars in concert for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, 80-piece orchestra, you know, playing John, John Williams. Williams. Yeah, and, great music. Uh, you know, and high definition screens and lasers and and pyro and the whole thing. Neat. And um, so I've really had some amazing experiences um, that have that have really informed how I sh- how um, best practices. Let's say not only as a performer, mm-hmm. not only as a player, but as a performer and what it takes to to be a performer. Right. It's not just the playing. Well, then you have also composing. Yes. So, I mean, there's that whole other, that's a completely different aspect of music and, and, uh, interacting and, and, uh, distributing and all that. Yeah. Yes. And, and that is also something that I work with my, my students. So, um, something I learned to do was how to notate my music, how to notate the effects, how to notate mm. the, the new kinds of um, techniques that I was I was adapting for my music. I use yeah. a lot of percussion uh, techniques with the bow and with my left hand. Um, I've written works for orchestra and concert band as well. Mm-hmm. And it's always it's like the the electric viola is a transposing instrument. Yeah. And so what I need to do usually if I'm writing for um, a large ensemble is to have the line that. I um, that I play, and then the line that the conductor hears or mm-hmm. that else hears. So when you're using digital effects, and you've got some delay on there, maybe some echo, a little bit of reverb or something, and you play one note, the one note doesn't necessarily mean you're going to hear one note. Right? Yeah. No. When you have an echo, you're going to hear, and you don't notate that. You just notate the one note, but you have to put in the notes that you're using. Right. An echo or reverb yeah. or delay with the these these settings or yeah, approximate and that, settings. Yeah. And that's where also um it's not just da 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 da, but I discovered on my you know, experimenting with the different delays that you can you can have all kinds of um rhythmic patterns that that emerge. Right. And um the one of the first ones that in in the uh, piece I wrote for the uh, first piece for concert band, which I adapted also for orchestra, is called Xing. Xing. And um, that was uh, written for um, Arizona State University. Cool. And uh, it was a co-commission in, um, and also Rich, uh, Richwood, New Jersey. And, mm. um, and I had to figure out, I plucked one note and I got, a, I got a, uh, an effect that said, ba-da-da-da-da, ba-da-da. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, let's, let's do that. <laughs> then I learned how to how to notate that for for my line, and then I incorporated that into the score, so that the acoustic oh, wow. was also doing da 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 at different times. Right, and, but yeah, but they have it has to uh, all line up. That's the challenge. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. But I never, you know, I didn't go to school for co- composition either. <laughs> so, um, you know, it really my whole career has just been about experimenting and learning and, um, and, you know, taking the time to try out different instruments. I, I got, um, 
early on, I, I was introduced to um, the uh, emerging markets at Yamaha, and they were just putting out their first uh, line of, they, they called it silent violin. Silent violin, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I got a prototype of it and I was asked to evaluate it. And um, I said, I love this. The whole point was, you know, to put your headphones on right. and listen and not disturb the neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, but I want to, you know, I said, I want to, I want to plug it in and I want to play it loud. <laughs> Too. Yeah. You want to be able to do both. Yeah. So yeah. they had to kind of do a redesign and I went, then that went further and they, I, they invited me to Japan to work with their design team cool. in, in Hamamatsu and, and, um, and out of that came the, um, the silent viola yeah. uh, and the uh, electric, what they call the, uh, the EV series, right? which I still love. Yeah. They don't, they've, they've moved on from that, but they keep, they keep evolving as well. Yeah. And this is one of my favorite uh, instruments behind me, the, the Yamaha, the YEV. That's what I have. I have mine and, here. Yeah. yeah. I just bought it. I bought it used. Got the yeah. greatest deal, $275. Whoa. And it was like brand new. So yeah. I was very lucky and I love it. It's so fun to play and it's so easy to play. And yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's so um, I have a few of them and this is actually customized to a viola length. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Mine's violin sized. Yeah. I have yeah. a few customized instruments because, you know, viola soul, I need that. I need that extra length of the right. C you know, um, so over the course of my my career as a, as a student as a professional, I mean, I I've also I've played Broadway, I've you know I've played in ballets, I've played operas. So I, and I'm still I still have a foot in the classical world. That's and great. I love it. Yeah, uh, I have a string quartet hmm. that um, we were just nominated for a Grammy. By the so, way, wow! Congratulations. <laughs> So that Thank it was the the album that you put out was great. No, or so, so how did, I, I'm not sure how it all works. So tell us. Yeah. So um, Scorchio Quartet, which is a quartet that I I am I put together in 2001. Oh, okay. that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> that was so. Okay, I'm gonna drop some names. David I, David Bowie came to a show that I did at the Cutting Room in the end of the year 2000 and um and I had this through a mutual friend and a few days later um I got a call from Tony Visconti who was I had met previously and was doing sessions contract contracting mm -hmm. um you know David Bowie's longtime producer and amazing um legendary producer and uh and Tony called and said, um, David wants to know if you can put a string quartet together to play with him at Carnegie Hall for the Tibet House benefit concert that Philip Glass produces. That would be a yes. <laughs> yes, that I could do that. I'm like, well, let me see a <laughs> That's amazing. And um, yeah, and, and that was another one of those experiences. Yeah. Got to um, work with David and and then we we played with him for the next Three concerts. Or, it's a great picture, oh, by the way. Year, thanks. That was yeah. back to Carnegie. That's, yeah. Um, and then we re recorded with him on his album Heathen, and um, and wow. a few other projects. So that's where Scorchio started. And then over the years, uh, David did it for three years, and then Philip 
just kept asking the quartet to come back because everybody wanted to play with the string quartet. Yay. All. So um, that's just been an incredible experience wow. as well. And, and we've played with everybody from uh, Lou Reed, Laurie Anderson, Trey Anastasio, Iggy Pop. Um, I, it's uh, Rozelle, the beatboxer, and, oh, and wow. who I later collaborated with. And we did a... Uh, um, a work called Beats Per Revolution for beatboxer, electric violist, and improvising chamber ensemble. So we have strings, oh, and wow. winds and brass and, and percussion. And uh, we've done that a few times. Very so, cool. um, so that's, yeah, I make it up as I go along. And yeah. if it doesn't exist, I, I make it exist. That's amazing. Um, and, and so, a few years ago, um, I mean, I've been doing a lot of educational events over the course mm -hmm. of my career, and uh, you know, a lot through through Yamaha and and being at the ASTA conferences pretty much every year for the last twenty some odd right. years. Um, I also have done many of the the regional conferences, um, mm -hmm. NISMA, Pennsylvania, and um, uh, where I'm uh, Maine and many more yeah. and um and as well as jen uh, and what what preceded jen um the you know the jazz for those, for those that don't know jazz education network and i'm not jazz sure if all the string teachers know jen but yeah yes great so um and that's where in the, the string presence in the jazz world is really picked up considerably and in you know over the last 20 some 30 years i mean you know john mcbonte's been doing this since the, the 70s, 70s yeah this one either i mean there's a long line of amazing jazz fiddle players violinists yeah and and other styles many other styles um you know fiddle americano and bluegrass etc so strings playing different styles of music is not a new thing but bringing it into um, into the conservatories and bringing it into the legitimate like world, like mainstream, yeah, where it's 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 yeah, into the education area and uh, secondary yeah. ed and collegiate world, and so that I, I guess that brings me to maybe you can talk about your very unique program that you have at university. Yeah. So. Um, in, in Asta, the very at, at the beginning, they called us alternative strings. Right. Because we weren't just jazz strings. We were all we were alternative, alternative styles or alternative like alternative styles as compared to what? As compared to classical. Right. Think, yeah. You know? It sounded very. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then after yeah, nobody liked that name. <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially those of us, you know, that were all alternative. So then that, then they came up with eclectic, mm -hmm. and that's that's sort of still holding and do, do you like that term well or do you have something different that you would so, like it to be called or yeah so um one day i woke up and i'm like <laughs> i don't sit down to write eclectic music or to necessarily play a you know an eclectic style mm -hmm. um and the the term multi-style sort of popped into my yeah. head and um and I, and that was also at the time when I had been asked to put a string program together at New Jersey City University. Okay. 
they had they had had uh, a string program years ago, and it sort of sort of uh, fizzled. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> and and yeah. so um, when they asked me to to unfizzle to refizzle, <laughs> yeah, um, I said, you know, we I'm going to suggest based on my whole career experience and all the the information that I've called over the years that we don't need to start another classical string program because we're right across the river from Juilliard, from Manus, from yeah. Manhattan School, from NYU, from and we're Very on the well same established as, yeah. as other classical music programs. Mm -hmm. And so I proposed, I just at the in that moment I I wrote down a um a paragraph of what does it what does multi-style strings mean mm -hmm. and and it's basically it was my career where uh, taking the basis of what the style i started on classical but there's some there's players that start on on jazz they start right. they start on other styles and that doesn't negate them from the opportunity of playing other styles mm -hmm. um and I remember being in a, um, a recording session years ago with classical string players, and there there was no music in the in the um, in the studio, uh, or they had just it was like a lead sheet, and but it was a it was a rap record. Okay. And and the classical players they played the notes because they're taught how to play the notes exactly. Mm -hmm. And the the producer is like, can't you swing or can't you you know feel it? And it was so far out out of their element, right? Um, and so I found it was easier for for me to adapt, and and so I put um, I I put a proposal together to create um, a new program that that now I've been you know. Um, impressed by and inspired by different programs like at you know at berkeley college sure, Music, right and out in uh, california school of the arts and things like that so i know that and uh, you know an entrepreneurship programs music business programs. Uh, that's a that's important yeah and but they're all sort of all of these programs at the different schools were they were different programs and not necessarily okay. a consummate kind of uh um of a program or, mm -hmm. uh, or a degree, and so um, that was really what what the intention was. Multi-style string program. Um, we had to re revise because the the performance uh, degrees were either classical or jazz. Yeah, yeah. And so with multi-style, now we can we have um, all different styles, and then I. I have a lot of contacts in the industries, and I called some good friends like Regina Carter and Jeremy Kittle and Dave Egger and Joe Denenzone, and um, and I'm like, I'm I'm thinking of this this program. What do you what do you guys think? And they all loved it, especially yeah. because New Jersey City University is a public university, which means it's also a fraction of the cost. I was going to say affordable, right? Yes. Yeah. And you know, and, and there are some scholarships, but the the fact is, we have this amazing talent on the faculty. We have 
we are literally 20 minutes from New York City. So mm -hmm. my students are in in the city all the time, yeah. gigging and going to concerts. And we have things, arrangement agreements with, um, the new, you know, like the New York Phil and the, and the Met Opera that the students can go and, and sit in and watch uh, dress rehearsals and things. So um, we are, I mean, we're in a great location. Um, so I can bring, also bring people in from the city. To right. Come do master classes or guest art you know residencies yeah um we just had the you know um john benitez also amazing latin jazz bass player composer um grammy multi-grammy winning and and he's been working with the students on um on rhythms and and um and and helping us with some of with some of the concerts. It's amazing. That's a great resource to have the city right there. Um, yeah. and so many talented folks there that can just pop over for something like that. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and then we have <clears throat> Yamaha has been very supportive because they've they've been a you know real advocate of um, music education. Yeah. For a long time, and so um, you know I basically brought half of my studio into the studio at, at New Jersey City University. Now we have uh, a studio that, that we call the lab. Cool. And it's got a combination of Yamaha instruments and other instruments. Um, I mean, it, it's not an exclusive Yamaha. Sure. But they're, they're a big supporter, it sounds like. They're a big supporter. Yeah. Eventide, um, I have been using Eventide electronics, hmm. audio processing gear for many years. And um, they have been also very supportive. So now we have a lot of, and it's that's top quality. Right. Here. Yeah. Uh, this is the this is the newer newest pedal that came H90. out. H ninety. Okay. 90. I wish I had it plugged in to show you what it looks like because it, it it looks gorgeous and the sound is just incredible. And is it's that like, that just an effects pedal or is it effects and loops? Is it what it is it just? It's a, a multi effects. Multi effects. Mm hmm. And uh, so it can it can do uh, reverb. Reverb is incredible. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. And it's and uh, and delay and and you know flange and chorus. Yeah, it it just goes above and beyond um, shimmer effects and combinations and just for me, I I sit there either, you know, with, with my headphones on or just exploring and it puts me in a whole different sonic universe. And, so cool. and what that does is also, um, it defies my sense of expectation of what it, you know, so when I, when I'm composing a new work, I don't necessarily, you know, just take a piece of, of manuscript paper and a pencil Yeah. because I don't know what, what I'm capable, what sounds I'm capable of, of producing, of right. creating. You can't write form. that down. You have to listen and yeah. go through and figure it out. And, and, uh, sometimes you just discover things, right. That are like, well, that sounds really oh, cool. Yeah. The, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, and so, so I've done, I've written some, some articles and some blogs on how I figured out how to notate what I do. A lot of it has to do with screenshots of, um, because the the um, the control, for example, for for a lot of these pedals, you you can control um, control it through your you know your iPad. Oh, or, okay. So it has a companion or, app. Yeah, and cool. and then and I learned to do this a long time ago, 
back before that was notate exactly how much reverb I'm using, how right. much setting and yeah. So that if I need to transport it to another piece of equipment, and this is, I'm, you know, I'm, my hope is that other people will play my music. Yeah. But I don't, I don't expect everybody's going to have the same exact gear that I have, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I, what I've, always taking notes exactly what how much of the effects what the balance is what the mix is between the original sound and the affected sound yep. and I mean, it's so much more advanced now than it was back you know back in the day right when it, you know three buttons and you only had a, you know a few different <laughs> right right so that's that's another element of what we do at in in the program in the mm -hmm. multi-style strings program um and i also that necessitated creating a new course cool they didn't have a course that could teach performers and composers how to how to um work with foot pedals or yeah, work yeah with, even i mean you know ableton uh ableton live yeah. and msp those were just in their infancies years ago when i started yeah. And now they're, you know, they're necessities in your in your studio, right. and uh, and it's a learning curve for me because I need to keep stepping up my game. Yeah, well, they and and I, they they keep getting. Uh, I I feel that most of the technology uh, it gets obviously better, but some of sometimes it gets a little bit more complex too, and and you have to figure out okay, there's a lot more menus, there's a lot more buttons, there's all these different things you have to figure out. Yeah. Yeah, and and yet, that also makes you spend the time with it. I mean, that that's how I originally learned, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how many manuals I've read. I really haven't read too many manuals. <laughs> I like Just, to. I like yeah, to you like to trim it for sure. Um, and I, you know, certainly I have students that are so much more well. Uh, um, well versed in, you know, with Ableton and with push and with programming and, and, and incorporating lots of other gear in there. And that's great. I mean, I, I, I tell them right away, I don't know all the styles. Yeah. I don't, but I can help facilitate you in that direction. Yeah. And that's why I bring in the big guns, you know, the people that do have the, you know, the experience and the expertise in different styles of, of music and yeah. if i students coming in that want to study you know some other style well we're in new york city i can call people up and you know come teach klezmer teach you know indian style teach whatever mm -hmm. um and so that's you know, another advantage of you know of being where we are right as well yeah, so, yeah. well that's um, it sounds like uh university has uh you know um, really taken to the program and trusting you to build it and see it grow. And then, you know, under, with the understanding that you have the connections and it not anybody can come in and do that, but you have those connections of um, adjunct faculty and clinicians and things like that, that really set it apart from another place or another, you know, another program. Yeah. And I mean, and that's where having, you know, team spirit or the collaborative, um, collaborative ideology. And so um, they provided and, um, and you know, created the opportunity for me to, to it, it's a brand new program. Yeah. I mean, you know, when did you, uh, when did you start this? So we're in, we're in our, this is our fourth year. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've graduated three three years. Three years. Uh, well, we started during COVID. Okay. Oh, yeah. I started this. I started this putting this plan in place before the the, the fall of 2019. Okay. Yeah. Perfect timing. Yeah. Then, yeah, right. <laughs> Perfect time to start a new program. Yeah. And what happened was um, the the master's program took off. Well, yeah. yeah. And and I was going to say, there's you know a lot of our our listeners are are maybe looking for a degree program um, to do. Uh, obviously this is a tough one to probably do via like distance learning or online. There's probably, uh, there's not that component if I'm understanding it right. It's, it's all in person. Mostly. Yeah. 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 We had to do online during, during COVID, yeah. but, um, and it's a two, a two year degree for the masters, the masters it's two years. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and we would, there, there is a certain amount of online, um, that we can do in, you know, in terms of private lessons and things, mm-hmm. but, there's nothing that that can take the place of coming together yeah. and, and playing with each other. That's right. you, know, you just the energy in the room, the the that collaborative spirit again. There, this my students have been collaborating in ways I don't think they thought they would be. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I never, you know, or, or I couldn't have expected them to be conjoining these different styles and some of them that had never played uh, with or used electronics or what they're doing with the electronics now or the, yeah. how they're incorporating electronics and improvisation into their work. And, um, and, and, and basically it's been word of mouth that, that people have been finding out about uh-huh. it. And I found my first student at the uh, Midwest Band and Orchestra Conference mm-hmm. about four years ago, just randomly speaking to, to you know this violinist yeah. from Spain and talking about this program, and and he got intrigued, and he was our first first one to sign up for cool. it, and on, in the first class. Um, and so what that's done also is that um, it's the the word has gotten out, so we actually have. More students from Spain that have come over to the program. Oh, wow. We have a presence in Peru. We have we have a bunch of Peruvian students. We have now a student from Turkey, um, and Brazil coming in. So fantastic. As well as you know New Jerseyites and right and, and a couple of people from Texas, etc. So um, it's really become um, um, a place, a, you know, a, a global um, a global collection I yeah guess. yeah that's um, fantastic that's fantastic the other thing that you know what what happened when we were starting this and why the the master's degree um happened first was because because of what happened to all the school programs during covid and mm-hmm. you know uh, it's now taken a few years to start rebuilding those programs because even that you could do a certain amount online yeah um but it was awful yeah it was awful yeah um, yes yeah. um I, that's another conversation i'd love to have with you at, at, at another sure. time but yeah so now now is when i and and you can speak to that what you've been doing over the last few years to rebuild your program mm-hmm. yeah it's a um behavioral um habitual building good habits um it's technical there's like all these uh, components that um, 
really having to focus on in, in different ways. Um, and um, depending on the year of the kid and even the class that comes through, like every class is just a little different. Some of them require more of this. Some of them require more of that. So it's it's really interesting to see um, the differences and then um, just try and find strategies to get them to come back, you know, back to where yeah. it was. Um, I think we're getting there, but it's sure it's taking a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> taking a yeah. long time. Um, and so th- I've, I started uh, a summer program, just it's like a week long. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you if you have something that's like more PD based rather than like a, a, a degree. So tell us about your summer. Yeah. So um, I started the uh, multi-style string symposium and that's um, it's a, a three, three or four days uh, professional development teachers support. It started out just for music teachers. Mm-hmm. And the first year we had re- Regina Carter and Jeremy Kittle and Dave Egger and myself. And the uh, second year we had Joe Denenzone and, and his the Sweet Plantain Quartet. And so it fo- each year is a different focus. Cool. And this past year we had Tracy Silverman. Oh yeah, he's amazing. I, I've I've actually talked to him uh, a little bit and wanted to get him on here too, so he could talk about his tromboing method and all that. I, you know, because it's it's really interesting and really cool. To, so yeah. Anyways, so yeah, yeah. That, I bet that was just awesome to have Tracy there. It was it was <laughs> amazing. Yeah. It really was amazing. And we we opened up for the first time to um, high school and college students to be able to come oh, in. Oh, perfect, perfect. Um, and then we also ended up with. So some, was that? Sorry, was that um, like high school, college students, along with uh, in you know in service teachers at the same yes. time? Cool. Yes. So everybody learns together. That's great. Yes. Yeah. And um, and it was really a great way of um, for them to not not just networking, but learning from each other too. Because every you know, there's a lot of people at different different levels, different skill levels, mm-hmm. different experiences, and um, and. And then we we ended up with some uh, um, a program from from Jamaica, the country of Jamaica, that wants wants to start a string program over there. Sent some of their teachers to learn from us, and now we're collaborating with them and starting a string program over Very at cool. in in Jamaica. Um, so each year it, um, it it evolves, and and then just because of the feedback that I, that I get each year from, and we've, we've had people that come back again and again. Yeah. Well, and if you have different guests every year, it's never the same, never the same thing every year. Right. Right. And um, now we've incorporated all performing and, um, and, you know, and, and Tracy's just amazing. So he, you know, talking about improvisation and, and, and strong bowing. And, and so it was, it was a very intense and, you know yeah and what when is it uh is you have one scheduled for this summer um we don't have the dates set yet usually it's either at the end of july or beginning of august okay perfect so that's to be that's to be um determined yeah but we've also i started to do um symposiums for middle school and high schoolers where they come to the university and we did our first one in October nice. and we had 300 students. Wow. Just from, um, was, um, mostly schools in, in New Jersey. We had a few from the, from the city in uh, Westchester, mm-hmm. Long Island. Um, and these are, you know, the string programs that are being reinvigorated. Good. 
and um, they were they were I think they weren't sure what to expect, and um, it was a partial concert. So we had I I played Joe Denon's own played and and um, some of my students. So they were hearing electric instruments with the electronics with backing tracks. Yeah, with with uh, you know just uh, other ways of creating music and performing music things they may not have heard before right and, and things that uh might inspire them to like want to do that or um explore on their own instrument yes so i know I, I have a lot of my students um are afraid you know to like break out of the mold of i'm reading a piece of music and it goes from here to there and that's what we do and uh you know so for me it's it's one of those things that i try to uh get my kids to to kind of think differently and 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 not be afraid to play off the page. And so we, I took yeah. them. Uh, we we took a trip to Asheville last year, and uh, we had a four hour workshop with Chris Howes, and it was just off the charts amazing. The kids just loved. Like yeah. we, we didn't have any sheet music at all, and he did four hours of them, and they couldn't believe by the end they were playing stuff and feeling yeah. really really open and free, and it's it's just a great feeling. Yeah. 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 Um. Um, so and another thing that I, that I do is I, you know, create, we need repertoire. So mm. one, I, I'm a big fan of this, this Cuban, uh, salsa, uh, reggaeton band called Gente de Zona. Gente de and Zona. in fact, when I was on Tracy Silverman's podcast, I'm like, Tracy, and he, he asks, you know, what you want to jam on. I'm like, I want to jam on, on La Gozadera. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm still obsessed with it. So I actually created a, um, an arrangement for string orchestra that we did at the symposium with with Tracy. Oh, nice. Is that available to look at or purchase? It is and... available. And we're also going to do, uh, it got accepted to do a reading at this year at ASTA. Oh, great. And is that available? Where is, is it available through one of the major publishers or is it, are you self-publishing or? Um, it's self-published and um I'm going to send you the link so you can. Okay. I, I have your website pulled up here that I, is it, is it on your website? It's so new that I don't know if it's okay. on the website yet. <laughs> okay. But, but yeah, um, send me the it's link. It's over can... Facebook. Oh yeah. My bad. Um, I, I also have different, different ways of procuring the, the score and the parts that also come with um, coaching, mm -hmm. virtual coaching, or even, uh, you know, performance where I'll come in personally coach and perform with the, the the students. That's great. And we had we had claves going, we had egg shakers going. Then we ended up with uh, you know everybody dancing around. Um there's a video on my on uh, on my YouTube channel. Oh cool. Um so and and the the information is there but I'm I'm going to shoot it over to you. That would be great. I'll put it in the description of the uh, video here. I can do an edit on that and put that in there. Very cool. Yeah. So um, I, I talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, all great. Um, you know, so inspiring to to know that there's some really different things out there that um, I think uh, a lot of us get just into this mainstream of, of doing the same things. So um, I, I think this is really cool that you have this offering and and this interest uh, for for something that's just completely different um, from what most people know. 
and um, and that it's starting to become more widespread. And uh, you know, thanks to the work that you've been doing all these years, um, you know, like I said, over the years, I've been to almost every AFTA conference since the very first one, uh, and um, I always see you there. And there's just you have great information to share and. And uh, it's just really cool. So I, I appreciate you being on the podcast today. Oh, yeah, my my pleasure. And um, anybody has any questions, you know, about the program, um, about multi-style string playing, um, they're welcome to get in touch uh, through my um, my website. I'm on Instagram at Elec Viola. Elec Viola. Okay, cool. Elec Viola. And... Um, and then uh, everybody cross your fingers that uh, we win a Grammy. That would be amazing. So when, when are the when are the Grammys? So the Grammys are uh, February 4th. Okay. Sunday, February 4th. And I started to say it's my string quartet is featured on this album um, of music by Carla Patullo, who is an amazing um Composer that I I met we met during a during a film scoring workshop mm -hmm. years ago, and she's a, um, mainly known as a film composer. She's out in based out in L.A. Mm. and um, this this project came out of uh, a, you know big life um, life changing moment for her. Okay. She had an illness and and yeah. she wasn't sure if she was going to make it through. Wow. And so she was inspired to just the raw energy that comes with being in that moment and created a, a beautiful album called So She Howls and, and where she's singing and howling. And I mean, not um, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's gorgeous cool. and full string writing. Um, she's got uh, um, a choir from LA uh, tonality on it. And, and it got nominated for a Grammy in the New Age category. New, new Age. Category. Okay. So we'll be looking for the New Age category, and you guys are going to be on there. Yeah. That's um, going to be great. It won't be, it won't be on the, you know, the, the evening show. Like that right. Everybody. The TV. Yeah. They, they don't get to put everything on there, uh, unfortunately. Like, yeah. That's just, the, the, you know, the very yeah. top of, <laughs> yeah. of, the, of the, you know, of the feed. But um they have a wonderful ceremony for for the rest of us. The rest of us. But by that time, hopefully, we'll we'll have one on that. But yeah, it, it either way, um, it the the joy of being in the studio and collaborating with my quartet, with Carla, with with the other um, uh, musicians and and producers. Um, that's really what it's all about, and to keep those um, keep the possibilities open. Mm -hmm. and, and keep those boundaries um, murky. Yeah, yeah. Or it's limitless what you can do when you start. Yeah, you know, you know you it really you is. Know, you never know. And and I always say, there's something out there you don't know that you you don't know that you're missing it because so. Yeah, you got to keep an open mind and um, say yes, collaborate. Yeah, yep. um, I mean. I got to I got to do a, a show um, a duo collaboration with one of my idols this year with Laurie Anderson. We played at the Cafe Carlisle, mm. and she was somebody that influenced me from way way back. You know, yeah. same time as Jean Luc Ponty, and to be you know to be on the same stage with her, and 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 having that collaborative 
um, back and forth. In fact, we're going to be playing together again um, at the end of February at the Tibet House concert, mm. Carnegie Hall. So I think it's February 26th. So anybody in, in New York, um, I, the Scorchio Quartet will be up on stage there backing whoever the everybody right that's amazing um, and uh and playing with lori so yeah. uh so stay it's, in it's touch, cool when right? you're like because you're a superstar and then when you get to meet your leg your um you know your idol it's like wow like that's just really cool yeah really cool to hear that super cool yeah well again thank you so much martha for being here and um i hope this was uh for everybody listening i hope this was a, a fun to hear martha's story and learn about um, what she's done and just kind of think about strings in a different way. But the multi-style strings is is super awesome. Uh, there'll be a bunch of great sessions at ASTA um, on this is on this topic as well and multiple topics. Um, you definitely want to check it out. So, but thank you so much for being here again. Awesome. My pleasure. I look forward to seeing you there, Charles. And, and uh, anybody that's, that's watching this, um, give a shout out and uh, look forward to seeing you in the in the world of multi-style strings. Awesome. Thank you again, Martha. All right, everybody. Bye -bye. Thank you so much for watching our episode 68 of the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. We will see you next time. It's a crazy time in the teaching world right now with everybody getting ready for adjudication and whatnot. But I hope that you'll enjoy your 2024. We'll see you soon. Thank you for tuning in. For resources and more information about the Orchestra Teacher website, podcast, and YouTube channel, visit www.orchestrateacher.net.